This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio. The new AM740. The world doesn't need another sports show. It needs an awesome sports show. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon. As usual with me in studio, my co-host, Naz Marchese. Good morning, Naz. How are you? Great, Wally. How are you this morning? Uh, before I'm going to get right back to you, Naz, but I just want to announce uh, some uh, special guests in studio this morning. Uh, we have Michael LaCicero. Michael, a good friend of uh, good friend of ours from way back and has spent his life... Uh, uh, tending to goaltending. We call him a goaltending specialist, so we're certainly going to be talking some interesting goaltending things with Michael Cicero. Good, good morning, Michael. Good morning, and thank you for inviting me to this awesome sports show. It's it's a pleasure to have you. Of course, back with us again, a good friend of the Nazimali Sports Hour, Sean Clement. We got you back this week because we've got Brandel Shambly. We've connected with him, and he'll be on in the middle of the hour. One of the great golf books of the last 20 years. I know you're exceptionally passionate about it, The Anatomy of Greatness, and we'll be talking to Brando Shambly about this fantastic new golf book. Welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. Good morning. Anyways, I just want to tell our listeners, I'm uh, staring right across the uh, in studio here at at, uh, at my good friend and co-host, Naz Marchese, and he is decked out in the blue and white this morning. Absolutely. In full, so is the Cicero guy. In know. full Toronto. <laughs> surrounded by blue and white in the studio this morning in full Toronto Maple Wally, Leaf where's regalia. Your, where's your blue and yes. white? You know what? I, I really, I was going to wear my Dave Keon sweater this morning, yes. and I don't know. I don't fitting. know what I was thinking. I, uh, I, I, I certainly uh, 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 boo-boo on my part. I should have wore my Keon sweater, but uh, you guys are in full support, and the front page article in the Toronto Sun this morning shows a Stanley Cup. The Messiah has arrived. Poor kid. Austin Matthews. Uh, Leafs, of course, we're talking about Leafs winning the lottery last night. And certainly that brought a great deal of um, relief and joy to Leafs Nation. Naz, uh, is it Austin Matthews? Oh, absolutely, Austin Matthews. He, he was touted, uh, not like McDavid, but pretty close being the player the next player. So we got him, I think. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to draft him for sure, right? Like, they're not going to Absolutely. Absolutely. 18 phenomenon. He's an 18 phenomenon. Yeah. There, I, I don't think there's any question. Of course, the other thing with Austin Matthews is he's a centerman. And uh, <sighs> centermen are more, uh, they, uh, they, have, uh, they have a greater degree of worth in, the, NH, in yeah. the NHL that's played today. You certainly, and he's big, he's strong, he's fast. He's played with men, mm-hmm. um, so it certainly looks like uh, Austin Matthews is the Leafs' future. And uh, you know, Shanahan was there last night. Uh, he certainly looked relieved. Um, you know, this is part of the plan. Uh, Leafs Nation took it. Uh, uh, you know, we had to accept a little bit of humility this year in terms of results. Finished last. Uh, we only had a twenty percent chance. Going in last night, and, the, and those uh, lotto balls 
fell the Leafs' way, and certainly uh, it was an exciting moment when uh, when uh, was it is it Daly that pulled the uh, pulled the number one uh, sticker yeah, it was, out? It was exciting. Uh, it was it was exciting. You see the Toronto Maple Leafs, and uh, it's been a long time. Uh, second time the Leafs have had the number one overall pick, and. Uh, Certainly, the last time we got we got Wendell, which uh, yeah. was certainly a great addition to the Leafs, and it looks like Austin Matthews. But the historical footnote to all of this is uh, the the two times the Leafs have drafted number one, uh, the guy they missed the year before in the last time around was Mario Lemieux, and this time around was Connor McDavid. If they had finished first overall the year before. They would have got generational talents, but uh, yeah, but this kid could be a generational talent too. And what makes you say that? Well, you know, he he was touted like McDavid. He was going to be the next one after McDavid. Those were the two guys that were the can't miss guys. One was uh, Matthews, and the other was McDavid. They're not really that far apart. Although McDavid's a little further ahead of the game, I don't think he's that far ahead of Matthews in development. So they've got a really good player here, a great player. Now here's the thing. I think they have to sign Stamkos now to protect this kid. Toronto media can be pretty hard on guys, and they need to sign him to protect Matthews. Yeah, I, I'm not so sure, I'm not so worried about the Toronto media because I think uh, I think the media is going to give the kid, and I hate to use the word kid because he's not a child, but uh, he's certainly uh, a developed young man. Um, uh, I, I think they're going to give him a bit of a free pass in his first year. I mean, I don't, I don't know how hard you can come down on an 18-year-old. And he's going to have the, you know what? He's going to have the weight of the world on his shoulders. And I couldn't agree with you more, Naz. Um, um, you know, it would, you don't want to bring him in and make him the number one center overall. And that's think, where he would be right now. Yeah, and yeah, he's, he's number one on the depth charts yes. now. There's no question. And I, I don't think that's fair. To him, you want to have a certain development process. Uh, I mean, he's he's a great talent, um, but you don't want to put the entire franchise on an eight shoulders of an eighteen-year-old. I'm not so sure how how fair that is. I mean, you know, McDavid sort of had a, a bit of it last year. Crosby had it. Uh, Toronto media market's something a little bit different, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike, uh, what I've heard and understood about this young man is that he welcomes this. He wants this. And he needs this. So I think he's looking forward to, to well, stepping on the, on the ice with the Leafs, wearing that blue and white, and just showing the world, I'm here. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, I agree with you in, the sense, in this sense. You know, a year ago he said, you know what, I'm, I'm not playing junior A hockey. Nope. I, I don't need to play junior nope. A hockey. I'm, I'm better than that. Yep. I'm, not playing, I'm not playing NCAA hockey. Yep. I'm better than that. I need I'm, to be I'm ready. I, I'm, you know what? Let's go play in Europe. Let's play with some men. Give me some. I mean, I think that says something about him. Yeah, his character's there. Yeah. He's been brought up really. His parents have done an incredible job. I understand he's a very humble. I mean, let's face it, hockey players are the best guys to interview, the best guys to be around in sports. Other <laughs> golfers. So, you know, yeah, hockey golfers. players and golfers, what's yeah. the difference? <laughs> so uh, we're looking forward to this. Are you kidding? I'm not taking my Leaf jersey off until we win the Cup. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm not going to touch that one. I'm not going to touch that one. Uh, I want to be positive this morning. I don't want to be negative. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a happy camper this morning with the number one pick in Austin Matthews. And we're going to get a real good opportunity 
to make an assessment of, of Austin Matthews because he's over in um, he's over in Europe right now because they were yeah, interviewing yeah. him last night at three thirty in the morning. World yes. championships. He's yes. over there playing against the big boys yes. in the World Championships. So yes. we're certainly going to get an immediate assessment, yep. and all the NHL scouts are going to be over there. I think the Finnish uh, the Finnish. Uh, uh, kids uh, are are playing in over yeah, there as both well. Of them are playing. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna see how these guys stack up against some of the best that the NHL has. So we'll, we'll find out that out right away. And he didn't have to go; he wanted to go. Yeah. Anyways, we uh, we've got to go to break. I, just before we go to break, I want to announce uh, at uh, just before the second break, we're going to be giving away a Jonas Valanciunas signed Raptors jersey. Jonas Jonas Valanciunas signed Raptors. Jersey. We'll be giving that away, uh, donated by the kind folks at Pizzaville who are who've been sponsoring our show and been really, really good to us. Uh, they've provided that to us together with a twenty-five dollar gift certificate. So just before the second break, we'll be giving away our numbers and we'll be giving that prize away to the third caller. We'll be right back after the break, having an in-depth conversation with our goaltender specialist, Michael Cicero. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville brought back the large five-topping pizza special for just $13.99 for a limited time. I'm whispering because the last time Pizzaville brought back this special, there was pandemonium in the streets, pushing, shoving, biting. So order now and order often, and hopefully you won't have any bite marks when this is over. Call Pizzaville for the large five-topping pizza special at pound 3636 from your cell phone. Shh. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Steel's Paint in Woodbridge, an enormous 20,000-square-foot superstore that carries nothing but the best. Superior staff, superior advice, superior selection, superior everything. When you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. The best. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Bond. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. With a little training, anyone can learn the security business while on duty at your home or company. 
It's unfortunate, but a lot of security companies are just not experienced enough to handle the complex dynamics of tactical security. And that little bit of training and experience can end up costing you a lot more than you bargained for. Peace of mind, trust, and honor is the foundation on which the Regal Security reputation is built. They're driven, they're respected, and they're unrivaled. They're everyday superheroes. Visit them online at regalsecurity.ca and find out how much they know, not how much they can learn. Are they ever wrong about sports? I can answer that in two words. Impossible. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on the new AM 740. And if you're listening in downtown Toronto and those condo towers are interfering with your reception, tune us in on 96.7 FM. We're pleased to have with us goaltender to the, to the stars, Michael LaCicero. Uh, we were talking earlier, Michael, how I was going to introduce you today. I was told you're a goaltending specialist, and uh, certainly in, based on our discussions with you, you certainly are. There's nobody I've talked to who knows more about goaltending than you do. Thank and, you. And uh, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. Very, very quickly. Yes. Uh, NHL goaltending. Yes. Is it better today, <laughs> or was it better 25 years ago? Uh, there's and what elements. are the differences? The elements. There's uh, there's 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 uh, the elements of the game. Yes, goalies are better today to a certain extent, and I'd suggest in a limited manner. Uh, we've learned to cover the ice, cover the floor. Uh, it's very artistic today. Goaltenders, the theater of goaltending, I call it, because we love to slide around on the ice, and uh, we love the techniques that have evolved, and the game has evolved and won't stop evolving. So we're part of that process. Now, Michael, you and I have known each other for a long, long time, yes. and I know that uh, you played uh, you played hockey. Uh, yes. You were a goaltender from when, from when you were yes. five, six years old, so yes. that's been a passion of yours forever. Yes. You grew up through the minor hockey systems yes. in the Toronto area. Yep. If I recall correctly, you played some uh, junior junior hockey. Yep. Was it Seneca? Did you play with Seneca? Seneca Flyers. Seneca, Seneca, Flyers, yes. Seneca Nets or whatever they were Flyers. back in those days. Yep. And you've devoted your lifetime to, to goaltending. And uh, you played in Europe. Yes. Uh, you've taught yes. pretty well everywhere. Mm-hmm. So just give our listeners an idea of uh, how you've centered your life around goaltending and your passion for goaltending. Uh, apparently at a very tender age, my dad had me propped up with pillows in my infancy watching the Saturday night hockey night in Canada uh, and uh, apparently I, I was mesmerized by all the movement on the on the screen and I guess about four or five years old I recognized uh, hey, Saturday meant hockey night in Canada and that meant that we would see the first period uh, of about one minute or two minutes of the first period and then it would go to highlights and I loved the highlights because it would explain and they'd talk. And so I got fascinated with highlights way back when. And uh, apparently, uh, uh, as I started House League, I was a defenseman, couldn't skate. My coach was very astute and said, you know, I'm going to put you in net because you keep falling. And uh, we won the championship that year. And uh, from that point, we went uh, the second year House League and the same coach. Third year, I went back and he says, you can't play here anymore. And uh, my jaw dropped and he literally said, I'm taking you to the majors. I didn't have a clue. My dad didn't have a clue. And we went to the majors. And uh, for the first time, I experienced butterflies because there was, there was literally 12 goalies trying out for a AAA. Or in, the, in that case, it was majors. It was only majors in the house league then. 
and uh, twelve goalies trying out, and uh, and I cut I, I cut and the mustard and I made the team, and that led me to uh, playing with the Nats, and then uh, at the pivotal year in midget, we got traded from the Nats, literally a core of us, to the Marlies, and we rode the Marlies right up to junior. And at 17, I had started to wander a little bit from my hockey, you know, having too much fun in the summertime and went out literally for the Junior A tryout with the Marlies. The beautiful thing about the Marlies was, and I got to tell you, we got to practice at the gardens every week. So that was incredible. But I went out and literally I took myself off the ice in a half hour because I was terrible. I could not believe I didn't prepare myself. I didn't focus. I didn't dedicate myself. And I had to make a decision right then and there. Am I continuing to play or am I finished? And my heart said, no, keep going. And I put myself back together, cracked the Junior A lineup, and then uh, as a result, two years later, ended up uh, in Europe. And that led to me trying to determine during that process, what am I going to do when this is over? And I'm self-taught. Back in our era, we literally all flew by the seat of our pants. And we were, uh, from that point, uh, trying to develop our game, learn as much as we could, but there was nothing out there. Literally nothing. The books didn't provide anything. Uh, there was really no... Uh, Canada as a whole, our hockey uh, federation, did nothing. Uh, I can even fault the Marlies. They, they really didn't give us any tutelage either on the way up. So we pieced together this position step-by-step step and developed a very step-by-step step format, uh, an evolution of a systematic approach to teaching. It's the most complicated position in sports, without a doubt. So, and uh, you need to understand the pieces to the puzzle. So, Mike, when did they, they actually start teaching goaltending? Uh, I would suggest I, I literally, myself, I'm going to mention Jim, Jim Park. It was back in 1985, literally there was only two of us, Jim Park and myself, <laughs> teaching full-time. In Toronto. So we were on the cusp of actually an industry that was just starting because no one paid for instruction. In fact, the NHL boys, in their closed mindedness, wouldn't even take instruction from power skaters back in the 50s and the 60s because they just thought it was asinine. It's funny, you brought up that you couldn't skate at House League and yes. then you're, uh, you got put in goal. Yes. Now the goaltenders are the best skaters. We have to be. Yeah. If you're not mobile, I'm sorry, you can't play this game. Fastest game in the world. You have to be athletic. You cannot be rooted to the ice. You can't be immobile. So you have to be. Uh, you have to be able to, to stay with the game, the flow. Well, one thing I've been uh, I've been talking about um, on our show for the last couple of years is I'm really, really concerned about the state of goaltending amongst Canadians. Yes. Um, other than uh, Carey Price. Yes. Uh, now we've got, I mean, Braden Holtby seems yes. to have taken his game yep. to an mm-hmm. elite level. Yes. Uh, we don't seem to, we, you know, Canada, we used to win international <laughs> um, tournaments. Yes. Especially the juniors. Yes. Uh, we used to win it on our goaltending. Mm-hmm. We don't win it on our goaltending anymore. No. What happened we to goaltending? What happened to goaltending in Canada? Am I missing something? Well, an approach was taken. An approach to goaltending that led to uh, the reflex of the game, the athletics of the game, disappeared. And that's what's happened. We're, we're teaching a very limited approach to the game. Uh, goaltenders to stand up and make a save is almost unheard of. Why? <laughs> and in fact, it's almost, a, it's almost a revolt not to do it. To stop a, a shot going to the five-hole standing today is literally forbidden. Uh, I had a, an individual go to Tier 1 
uh, three, four years ago on a $200,000 scholarship who was a hybrid goalie. But guess what? He did a double stack. They kicked him off the ice. They actually told him to get off the ice. So this close-mindedness to, to, to the evolution of the game, which really at the beginning was all stand-up, believe it or not. You couldn't go down. Back in the Vesna, you couldn't go down. But then it's gone. The pendulum has swung all the way to that's all we do now. Every goalie, I'm dealing with 7-year-olds, 8-year-olds, 9-year-olds, 10-year-olds. What do they want to do? They want to drop on a shot that's going high. Let me, let me, let me, sorry to interrupt you. I just want to interrupt yeah. you just a second. Yes. And, 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 and you know, this is something I've talked to Sean mm. Clement about in mm. golf. Yes. And, and it, it's sort of like, you know, there's certain schools of thought that mm. develop at certain periods of time yes. in history. Trends. With respect to sports, with respect to everything in yes. human endeavor. Yes. Okay? Yes. And I've never quite understood how, you know, you've got individual human beings with individual body types, with individual skills, yes. and you say to them all, you got to do it this way. Yes. Does that make any sense? No. no. Like, you know, like, if you're a reflex goalie, why would you want to make them into a butterfly goalie? If you're, you know, if you're a stand-up goalie, why would you want to make them into a butterfly goalie? Is that what happened with goaltending? Pretty much. Pretty much, they adapted this attitude. Like when, when you're, when you're teaching goaltending, yes, um, you, you know, I'm sure you get young goaltenders yes. in front of you all the time. Yeah. What what do you look? I mean, you must make an assessment of somebody's skill set and say, "I'm going to improve this, this, or this." But I'm not going to fundamentally change this human being. Well, there, there's this there's this thought pattern that goes: you don't want to change a guy who's successful. You don't want to you don't want to, you don't want to mess with something that's working. Well, you got to get to a point that it is working. And then you got to get to a point that why is it working? Is it the environment you're surrounded by? So you get goalies having success. Give you one example, Jaguar. No offense to Jaguar. Got to respect 15 years in the league. But I'm sorry, athletic? Not, not an ounce. When he was here in Toronto, I'm going, oh, my God, another bad example for us. We've only had one good example in Toronto in the last 20 years that I would say, kids, watch Belfour. Watch him. He stands up. He goes down. He uses his stick. He double stacks. He does it all. I didn't know Belfour. I only saw highlights, and I wasn't impressed with the highlights I saw because all I saw was the paddle down goals. But when he came to Toronto after two games, he didn't look too sharp his first two games. But then he got his act together, and he was literally doing everything I teach, positionally, understanding the athletics so that anybody can stop the puck. But can you stop two shots, three shots, I was four watch, shots? I was watching a junior series, and I saw both goalies on the ice, on the ice, down, the, yes. down before anything happens. Before like, the shots. Before so what the is shots. This? What's going on? In my day, the only thing I learned, I swear, guys, read and react. What happened to that? <laughs> what happened to read? I'm watching pro goalies, and believe it or not, our website will be out shortly. It's a resource center. We're welcoming everybody to contribute to this resource center. We're not professing we're the best. We are among the best. Please join us. Oh, I'm fascinated by what you're, what you're telling us. There's no question you, uh, you're an astute observer of goaltenders, Michael. And, and I've got to ask you, um, which goaltender in the NHL, or in the world for that matter, mm-hmm. impresses you the most, and for what reason? Hopi right now is among two or three. Reason being... What he's... happened to Hol- Hopi just seems to have... And this happens to NHL goalies. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what... Because 
Nobody drafts NHL goalies anymore because mm-hmm. it's, it's you're rolling the dice. They're you have scared. no. They all develop in their twenties now. You have no idea who. So Holpe sort of came out of nowhere. Uh, how does explain that whole process I, to me? Can please. I back up one yeah. sec, Barrasso? Barrasso, remember him? Yeah. When he won his second cup, literally, he said he was 28 years old. He says, "I am literally just beginning to understand the position." 28. So in my day, we developed later. Today, we can develop sooner because of the advancement of teaching and what have you. And from that perspective, guys are going into the NHL at 21, 22, 20. They have to be mentally strong, first and foremost. You have to have that mental fortitude because anybody can be skilled today. So Hopi has taken... Part of the evolution of goaltending and part of the evolution of the new techniques where you drop the one knee and you power pump with the other leg, which I love the technique. It's a new advancement in, in goaltending, but it's not, I'm not understood when to use it, where to use it, why to use it, how to use it. It's been overused. We had, we had Raycroft here. He was one of those guys. And I'm sorry. This guy was down all the time. He was pumping, uh, uh, committing the knee down when all he had to do was reposition. Yeah. So it, it, that part of the game was lost. So Mike, the teaching's not there. Mike, the Leafs goaltending situation right yes. now, you, we have Bernier and yes. we have the uh, kid Sparks, Sparks right yes. now. And yes. Reimer's gone to yes. San Jose. Yes. Assess the Leafs goaltending because that, to me, is going to be a uh, big question this year. Yes. Because all of a sudden they've got all these players, yes. potentially all these players, yes. and they don't have the number one goaltending. Yeah, Bernier has the potential, but he hasn't really – been consistent enough to prove that he is the guy and he has the opportunity time and time again to do that he's going to get it again and he's got to run with it this time and he's got to own it and he's got to he's got to own that position sparks uh, no offense to sparks i'd love to see him and i'd love to get him in front of the machine the puck machine uh and and teach him the net orientation system we have uh and literally he kind of reminds me of the monster and oh, that wow. scares me. <laughs> okay, that scares me because the monster. Y- Jonas I mean, Gustafsson. He's, he's three yeah. years. He's in the league, bouncing around from one team to another. It's like, okay, once you crack the lineup, you can, you're guaranteed of a couple of years in the NHL because you know, while well, he's here. <laughs> Anyways, we've been talking to Michael Cicero, goaltending specialist. These are fascinating conversations, Michael. Unfortunately, uh, we've got to move on with the show, but we, I definitely want to come back to you in the last five minutes of the show because you've. You've got some interesting things that you're working on, and uh, you've attracted the attention of Dragon's Den. So you're ma- going to be making an appearance on Dragon's Den uh, later on this year. So we certainly want to talk about that before the show's over. But we've got to go to break. Uh, just before we go to break, I'm going to read out the numbers. Uh, hopefully you're next to your phone right now. The third caller is going to win a $25 Pizzaville gift certificate and a signed Jonas Valanchunas red Jersey, Red Raptors jersey. Our phone number is really quickly 416-360-0740. Toll free 1-866-740-4740. Give us a quick call and you can win that great prize. Anyways, we'll be right back after the break with Brando Shambly from the Golf Channel. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville introduced the really big pizza deal. It's even bigger than Toronto basketball star Jonas Valanciunas. He wears size 17 shoes, but the really big pizza is 18 inches, topped with pepperoni. Plus, you get 16 wings, and you get the really big pizza deal for just $29.99. Try getting Jonas for that. Call Pizzaville at pound 3636 from your cell phone. 
At 20,000 square feet, Steel's Paint and Woodbridge is Canada's largest independent paint store. Big deal, right? Big deal? Yes. The best brands, the best staff, the best advice, the best of everything. From color matching to brand selection, whether you're a pro or a DIYer, we'll look after you from the minute you walk in to the minute you walk in a second time as a completely satisfied customer. Big store, big deal, bigger satisfaction. Simple. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them every day. They've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. The security business is easy, right? Anyone can learn it. Perhaps they can learn it on duty with your valuables at stake. Perhaps they can learn it in a crisis situation that requires an immediate intelligent response when lives are at risk. After all, what harm can a few mistakes make? Plenty. When it comes to security for your business or office, an experienced partner like Regal Security makes sense. Security is what they do. Peace of mind is what they provide. Visit them online at regalsecurity.ca and find out how much they know, not how much they can learn. They never argue sports. They just explain while they're always correct. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto and uh, just want to announce the winner of our Jonas Valanciunas, Valanciunas signed Raptors jersey, Elaine Baker from Markham, Ontario. With us this morning, Brandel Shambly. Brandel, of course, is lead analyst for the Golf Channel and the author of one of the most important golf books of this generation, The Anatomy of Greatness. Good morning and welcome to the Nazimali Sports Hour, Brandel. It's a pleasure to have you. Well, it's my pleasure. I have always enjoyed being in Toronto and it's uh, it's great to be on your show. It's it's certainly a pleasure to have you, Brandel. Just so you're aware, you've been uh, tweeting up a storm with a good friend of our show and is... uh, one of, what I consider one of Canada's great golf instructors, Sean Clement. So I just want to have Sean say hello to you this morning as well. He's in studios with us, and he's really looking forward to chatting with you as well. Hey, Brandon. Oh, that's terrific. Yes. Hi, Sean. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Nice to have you on the show. Amazing. Uh, I'm tickled pink. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Brandel, well, the likewise. An- uh, Brandel, the anatomy of greatness. Um, 
certainly. I've read it three times already. It's a fantastic read. And I will tell you, I've known uh, Sean for years, and uh, he's, he's an incredibly passionate man about the game of golf. He's, uh, he's put about three or four YouTube videos out on Sean Clement about your book and some of the things that you've captured in that book. I've never seen Sean so passionate in the last three or four years, other than when he talks about your book, The Anatomy of Greatness. Uh, give us a little idea uh, where the idea for this book came from, Brandel. Well, it's an idea that I've I've had floating around in my head for almost ten years. It uh, existed on my computer under the title "My Book," uh, and every now and then a friend would click on my book, and it was uh, a series of commonalities: the greatest players of all time, little things that I would notice as I was studying their swings or reading something about them. And my initial idea was to go through the entire golf bag and find the straightest driver the longest driver, then the longest, straightest driver, best fairway wood player, and such, all the way through the bag. Um, but as I got further into the book and into the idea, it occurred to me that there was going to be so much overlap in the case of Ben Hogan or Bobby Jones or Byron Nelson or Sam Snead and so many of those uh, different areas of the game that I would just make it the commonalities of the greatest players of all time as it relates to the golf swing because – when you actually put, say, if you take the 50 players of all time that have won the most PGA Tour events, and if you took them to the top of their golf swing and you had all 50 pictures up there, the ubiquity, the plagiaristic identity, uh, almost identical look of all those players would scream at you. Uh, there's 46 or 47, depending on how you count that have their left knee, if they're right-handed golfers, behind the golf ball and their left heel off the ground, and they've turned their shoulders you know, far more than 90 degrees. And for the most part, they cross the line, and a lot of them have really strong grips. And there's, there's commonalities there that, that are not being taught, certainly weren't taught to me. And, um, and they're basically absent from, uh, from the world of golf today, and I think uh, they're impoverishing a generation of golfers. To totally agree, uh, Randall. Um, where where my background, where I started from, was on the anatomical side. My dad sent me to the Canadian Ski Patrol when I was 17 years old. I was one of the top junior players in my province at the time. And he says, well, you're going to learn responsibility and leadership. And what I learned was anatomy. And then so I went, mm -hmm. I went about teaching the game of golf through anatomy. And what, what you're describing in your book is so anatomically sound. You know, so you so so you look at the instinctive part of it. The, you look at how they learned the game, and they learned it. You know, like you said, the, the secret was in the dirt, right? But the, yeah. but they respected their anatomy, and then that's why they would there was there was so much longevity in their careers. Yeah, that's uh, you know, again, I, I say somewhere in the book that there is um, no greater test of an idea, a relationship, a government, a golf swing than endurance. I mean, yes. You know, that, that is golf's greatest test. And so you start to look at swings that have endured. And, you know, the oldest player to win on the PGA Tour is Sam Snead. The player with the most wins in the 40s uh, is Vijay Singh, but 22, Sam Snead is second. The oldest major winner was Julius Burroughs. The longest distance between major wins was Jack Nicklaus. Every single one of those swings have something in common. Yeah. Tom Watson almost won a major championship at the age of 59 oh, because... He tried to swing like Sam Snead. It didn't look anything like Sam Snead, but he 
he had a long swing. He lifted his left heel. He got his left knee behind the ball. Yep. So he, he didn't restrict with his slower hips. He didn't put pressure on his lower back. And uh, that's a great way to age and play golf as you get a little older, besides the fact that it's a great way to hit the ball further and higher. So uh, I couldn't agree more with you, Sean, that it, uh, from an anatomical standpoint, uh, through empirical trial and error, these players uh, figured it out. We're talking to Brandel Shambly. Uh, Brandel, of course, is the renowned analyst for the Golf Channel and uh, former PGA Tour player, the author of a golf book that is sweeping the golf world right now, The Anatomy of Greatness. Uh, Brandel, uh, I want to talk to you about, um, um, and it, it flows into your what you've uh, analyzed in your book in the, in the relationship between power and speed in a golf swing. And it seems like a lot of the modern players are trying to generate power. And you talk about metamorphic changes in body types among some of the some of the tour players, which you, you never saw in the old days, like Rory is pushing weights, Tiger pushed weights. But at the end of the day, that's not what generates distance, is it? Well, if you reduce the amount that you, or the time and the space that you swing the golf club, then you have to generate power in, a, in another way. That's you right. have to be explosive. So you hear that word explosive a lot because it is necessary to this generation. If you're going to restrict with the lower body, and you're going to try to keep the, the hands out or the club head outside the hands, as almost every single teacher seems to talk about, and open the toe up on the way back, which almost every single te- teacher seems to talk about, regardless of the fact that nobody did that. Um, exactly. And you keep your arms in front of you, which is what teachers talk about. If you're going to do all those things, then you better be very strong. You better explode. Uh, but the problem with that is, is that you've gone from a, a – a position of resistance with your lower body and you're asking it to accelerate to its maximum in an instant. And that puts a lot of strain on the lower back and in particular the lower right back. Absolutely. Uh, if you take the time, if you go ahead and make a bigger turn with your lower body, it will one be more effortless. It'll have more rhythm and flow to it, but it'll be a longer move and a longer moves gives you more time to generate speed. It's, it's not unlike uh, a 100-yard dash, asking somebody to get up to full speed at 40 or 50 yards or asking them to get up to full speed at 10 yards. It'd have to be a lot bigger in the thighs and more explosive to do that. I always look at uh, the physique of a Bubba Watson versus the physique of a Dustin Johnson. Bubba Watson is not gym-like, doesn't look like you know he could beat anybody in an arm wrestling contest, um, and yet he hits it as far as Dustin Johnson. Because, well, he turns his hips, he gets his lead heel behind off the ground, his lead knee behind the ball, he swings more upright. Uh, Dustin Johnson looks like an Olympic athlete, spends a lot of time in the gym. You can skip the gym, go have some wine, <laughs> yes, lift your lead heel, turn your <laughs> hips more, and you'll, uh, you'll have a lot more fun at night and, and a lot more fun during the day. And you love the stat that Bubba has at number one in greens and regulation for a long time. You know, it's, yeah, because all of that time, you know, the two most exciting golfers, perhaps in the last 10, 15 years, Tiger Woods, uh, you know, um, aside, uh, the only two players that have won the Masters multiple times are Bubba Watson and Phil Mickelson. Yep. Now, they're, they're long, and they hit it high, and they are creative um, because they do all the things I described, because their golf swings uh, – they're unique to this generation. They're not u- unique to past generations. Correct. Past generations did all the things that they do. 
but they're dismissed as freakish in nature. People will say that Bubba Watson has freak hands. He doesn't. He's just got a really good golf swing. That's right. Uh, and and uh, and when you have a really good golf swing, you can get away with you know you can get away with swinging off the plane. I, I mean, most people couldn't get the club on the ball if they started down where Phil Mickelson starts down from. Couldn't couldn't put it on the ball. But he's got so much time and room and space to square the club head up that he does. Also, and, because uh, I find that because he's not worrying about his golf swing ever, he, not, he can now evolve and, and perform the task to his target and, and be a golfer and not be That's a right. puppet master. Early on at, uh, at ASU, when he was a freshman, the coach there brought in um, two uh, very high-profile teachers, and it was mandatory that all the players go down and take lessons from these teachers. Uh, a fellow player on that team, a fellow by the name of Rob Mangini, who's Phil's best friend and a very good friend of mine, told me that Phil was, you know, aside, and he wasn't over there messing around with the teachers at all, and Rob went over to him and goes, hey, what are you doing? You know, you're supposed to be over here working with these teachers. And Phil scoffed, and he was like, there's not one thing they're going to teach me that is going to make me a better golfer. Uh, and another time he played with love it. Um, well, actually a player that's just making his way back here out here on the tour right now. He's, you know, I'm in New Orleans and he's out here right now, and he's been at it for a decade with a perfect looking golf swing and no results. And Phil, you know, played with him in a practice round and asked what he thought in confidence to Rob and. You know, I'm not going to mention his name, but Phil said it's another one of these young kids with a perfect golf swing that can't play the game. <laughs> um, because they do put an emphasis on all the things that I mentioned and being on plane and having a short golf swing. Uh, because when you do lift your lead heel and you do turn your hips more and you do get your hands higher, uh, the club doesn't necessarily match up on plane. You know, it may cross the line. It may break the plane. Well, um, does it match but, the know, target and the task that you're trying to perform? That's the right. most important part. Exactly. You know, if you watch the right hand, say a right hander, a quarterback, pitcher, tennis player, if you look at the way they load the right hand, their palm is facing away from the target when they're loading it. Yep. And then in transition, that elbow, that elbow, the elbow comes under, and the right hand actually pronates. They actually they're working in two different directions. The elbow comes under, and then the right hand pronates. And that's how you get this wonderful stretch shortening cycle in the right arm that they get that adds to power. If you roll the face open, going back yeah. with your irons as is taught today, you rob yourself of that stretch shortening cycle in the right arm and Absolutely. You put yourself in a position where you're going to be under it on the way down. So uh, there are a lot of things that I disagree with in today's instruction. A lot, almost everything. We're talking to uh, uh, we're talking to Brandel Shambly. Brandel, thanks for joining us. I just I just want to let you know I'm looking across the table here at uh, at Sean, and uh, he's uh, he's so excited. You guys really have to chat off the air. I've never seen Sean so excited about talking golf. <laughs> Anyways, I, I do want to mention in your book the Anatomy of Greatness, which is of course it's you can find it at Amazon or in Canada at Indigo. Uh, there are a couple of Canadian golfers who uh, feature prominently in your book. Uh, one, of course, is uh, the long drive champion who may be the most pound-for-pound pound, the longest hitter in the history of the game, Jamie Sadlowski. Of course, we had Jamie on the show here last fall. And, of yeah. course, the other Canadian yeah. legend, Mo Norman, uh, who uh, Sean actually <laughs> told me before the show has actually played golf with Mo Norman, of course, when he's he still alive. Sadlowski... Uh, uh, Brandel, uh, 
Tell me what you see in that swing. He's five foot ten, 170 pounds, and he uh, just absolutely takes the cover off the ball. Why? Well, I see a lot of truth in that golf swing. Uh, again, somebody said it. It was brilliant um, that long drive champions are like human lie detectors. Uh, if it were true that you gained more power by resisting with the lower body, if that were in fact true and having a, a shorter shoulder turn and building up coil, then you would see that at the long drive championship. And you don't. You don't see anything like that. They all turn their hips as much as they can, get yep. their left knee behind the ball. And Jamie Sedlowski's uh, case, he actually stands up. He gets higher in his backswing. So he raises up, yes. much like Jack Nicholas did, a lot like Annika Sorenstam did. And all uh, our and students, I, Brandon. I, I wholeheartedly <laughs> recommend this because there, there are a couple of different ways you can, you can find power with muscle and with gravity. Yes. Uh, that move from the top down, they're allowing gravity to help them set the club, but so they're using muscle and they're using gravity. Um, you can only use the kick of the right knee one time in your downswing, one time and one time only. If you resist the lower body, you kick that right knee to start the downswing. But if you don't kick with it, if you turn your right hips, you use that right knee to sort of kick out. Um, you, get, you unweight the right heel, and that allows you to move into the left foot, get the weight where it needs to be before you start turning, and then the weight goes right back to the right foot. Jamie Sidlowski does all of that. Um, it's a beautiful full turn. Um, well, I mean, it's a, it's a long drive champion full turn. But when people say, you know, you'd never want to swing like that, I'm like, well, why not? Uh, Jamie Sidlowski hits it, it, you know, as straight as anybody who's ever hit it that far. Uh, and it's beautiful to watch. So there are a lot of characteristics in Jamie Sedlowski's golf swing that Jack Nichols has and Sam Snead has. And you can learn a lot from watching Jamie Sedlowski. We're talking to Brandel Shambly. Brandel, I know Sean Clements got one last question for you today, and yeah. uh, hopefully you guys can keep your uh, your golf communication going. That's but it. go ahead, Sean. So, Brandel, you know, we as a as I'm my nation on this side wisdom and golf and we we're, we're buying up a lot of your books and uh we're talking a lot about it and and i know that you can't replace the one-on-one with a, a teacher with wisdom right um what is the next move after this you're going to have thousands of people out there that have bought your book and they're going to be practicing the stuff that's in your book what kind of support what's next what's the support line yeah, for them yeah, great, great question. Uh, you know, when I started, you know, digging in, I, I, you know, I've always tried to read everything that's out there. That you know, the stuff that to me doesn't make any sense, but I want to read it just to see if I've lost my mind. To the most elementary of analysis, uh, but I, I, you know, I found some teachers that I thought um, hit pretty darn close to uh, to my theories. Uh, one of them. By the name of Lucas Wald. Um, he's uh, a young teacher who's had fabulous results with players. And I want to talk about it. They, they, he uses case studies. He does befores and afters. So he's got, he's got uh, several players that have come to him that were swinging in the 103, 104 mile an hour, 105 mile an hour, that swing 118 to 124 miles an hour now. Um, you know, it's impressive to watch. He himself swung 108 miles an hour before he started doing these things. And he swings about 122 now. So he's swinging tour speed, top tour speed, uh, just making these changes. And Lucas Wald is my size. He's five foot nine. The other guy, one of his students, is about my size, maybe a little shorter. He's a doctor. He swings 122, 124 miles an hour. So, you know, I, I look for teachers that are getting results. 
you know, there are there are um, there are plenty of ways to go about it. Um, there are teachers like yourself, Sean, that that subscribe to these ideas. Uh, to me, if if when I have parents come up to me and talk about their children and who to send them to, I, you know, I say have your kids go on YouTube and watch the golf swings of Sam Snead and Tom Watson and Jack Nicklaus and Byron Nelson and Ben Hogan and Bobby Jones. They're, they're everywhere. The, the YouTube is replete with those golf swings. And watch them on a loop. Uh, it's my understanding that the reason that the uh, South Korean women are doing so well is that early on, uh, when they're just able to hit golf balls at a driving range, there is so much competition for bays in the driving ranges that they're forced just to sit and look at video of great players in mm. slow motion. Almost what, if you're of that age, right. what we used to call cyber vision when Al yep. Guyberger had a series uh, of exactly. takedowns. Exactly, remember those, yeah. And through that sort of cyber vision uh, emphasis, subconscious sort of training, their golf swings are longer and slower than the golf swings of the United States. Mickey yeah. Wright, who I talked to quite a bit when I was writing this book, says that uh, watching the South Koreans is a reminder of just how important rhythm is. Well, yeah. nobody had great rhythm with a short golf swing. Correct. Nobody. Yeah. Yeah. Great yeah. rhythm comes from a long golf swing. Man, I wish we could um, we could talk all day about time. this, Brandel, but uh, yeah. Wally's, Wally's yeah. giving me a sign here. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, <laughs> I Brandel. I understand. You know, uh, we, unfortunately, <laughs> our time has run by, and uh, there's yep. nothing nothing that Sean and I more like, uh, like talking about than talking about this. Uh, so we're certainly at some point in time. We have to have you back because uh, we, you know, we certainly. It's a great book. I love the book. I'll keep reading it on and on. And uh, thank you so much. It was a real pleasure for me to be on the show. When uh, my travels bring me up to Toronto, uh, beers on me, guys. Uh, I, well, right on. Well, you, you have a rain check. And by the way, uh, congratulations on your uh, engagement to Bailey, and we wish you all the best. All the best. Absolutely. Oh, thank you very much. That's very kind of you to say. I really appreciate it. It's our pleasure. Have a good Sunday afternoon. Thanks so thank much. Thank you. You too. That, of course, was Brando Shambly, the uh, lead golf analyst for the Golf Channel. If you're a golf, passionate about golf, go out there. Get that book, The Anatomy of Greatness. Certainly you look so excited, Sean. We'll certainly talk about that after the air. We've got to get to some other topics. Michael Cicero, Michael Cicero, Dragon's Den. Yes, sir. What's going on? Uh, tomorrow we go and do our pitch. Uh, so we're in the studio at about 1.30, I guess. Uh, apparently it's about a 45-minute, give or take, so they're going to try to rip me apart, I guess. I don't know. And you're going to give a pitch on what? What are you pitching? Well, we're pitching uh, our three companies, uh, Universal Goaltending, Blackbird Productions, and High Tech Performance Systems. So we're a service company, we're a, a production company, and we're also a manufacturing and high-tech company. And we're pitching those three companies to the Dragons and hoping uh, one, two, or three of them get on board with us and start to create a movement, uh, listening to the golf uh, expertise here. Uh, I just, uh, I'm drooling because basically what, what's, what's been said is there is a right way. And there is a right way. And even though we are all different body form and shape, there is still technically a right way for everybody. So knowing that there is a right way, you have to find those coaches, those instructors that are professing to eliminate wasted movement and energy and optimizing movement and energy. You guys are incredible. <laughs> I've never met two more yeah, passionate yeah, yeah. guys in my entire life about what you do. You have two instructors. Yeah, yeah, golf, and, and we got, we got to get you two guys back. We got a couple of minutes 
left, and I know Naz. I know there's a there's a huge game tonight. And yeah, I've got a big t- game. With the I got to turn it over huge. to you. I know you're passionate about certain things too. Yeah. I know you want to talk Raptors, so you know we got a few minutes left. There's a big game tonight. Uh, you're you're. What are you looking forward to tonight, Naz? Uh, I'm not too impressed with the Raptors the way they've played. They've really only deserved to win two games. They they should have lost on uh, Thursday night and definitely. Uh, or Tuesday night, and then definitely Friday night, they were terrible. And I'm gonna—I have my doubts. I don't think they can do it. I really don't. They're—they're uh, they're in deep trouble. You know, uh, there's no question deep they're in—they are in deep trouble. But you know, the one thing about playoffs, um, it's they're, they're seven-game series, and sometimes you know, games go back and forth. And you know what? I, I, a game that you see on the road, and you come back home, and Mike, you know, you—you you know what hockey's like. I mean. You know, you get blown away on the road, yep. and you come back home, and you're a totally different yep. team. Yep. You got yep. you're energized by your crowd, mm-hmm. and you know. And Butch, we had Butch Carter in here last Sunday, and he said he 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 implored the Raptors fans, the fans that are sitting in the Platinums. You know what? Don't drink your martinis and your gin and tonics tonight. In between the first and uh, I would say first and second period, it's not a hockey game. You know, get in your seats. I mean, you know. Sports players, and you can talk about this. They feed off the energy of the yep. crowd, yep. and you know if the if if the team never needed the crowd more than tonight, they need it. I, you know, uh, game seven of the the important part of it is you got it at home, and and what can make the, and go, and sports is a, is an emotional right, and if you got your fans behind you, yep. and they're pumping you the entire game, uh, you know what I I, I just there's something that sees me. Um, Sees the Raptors winning tonight. Propels you. It propels you to, to excellence. Find the I will. I, I wish I had your confidence. Well, uh, well, uh, <laughs> I, 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 hope, I hope DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry and whoever else you want to mention, Naz, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, they're the guys. And, you know, and this is the Butch theory about the cornered rat. Yeah, he says they gotta they gotta come out and play tonight like cornered rats. I don't know if any. There's no list, tomorrow. Yeah, if the listeners listened to our show last week with Butch Carter, we yeah. asked them. And at that point, at this point last week, there were three games left in the series. Now there's one, and he said, uh, you know, the Rosen's got to come like the twenty five million dollar man tonight. He's got to figure out a way, yep. and and if he's an alpha right. dog. Yep. He's, and, and, you know, if he's a go-to guy, those guys figure out a way. Bring it. Well, they haven't. They, they got to. Fi- he's got to figure out a way. They're not giving him the inside, so these guys got to hit their jumpers because they're not, and they were during the season. Yeah. Like DeRozan and Lowry well, have to hit I, their you know, jumpers. I'll, I'll they can't fr- rely on Valanciunas to carry them. I got to be. I got to be frank with you. I mean, I've had a lot of personal stuff going on this week. I haven't had a chance to watch the Raptor games. I was out Friday night with you know at a show down uh, at the Royal uh, the Cannon Theater. I, I didn't watch the game. Uh, keep the wife happy. Um, what's what's wrong? What, 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 They're just what? not making their jump shots. If they would make are, their are, shots, are, are, are they are they in position this, to make their jump shots? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. They're going seven for twenty nine between the two of them. You can't win. No, it's impossible. That. You can't win. But are, doing are that. the jump shots open? They're Is this open. just lack like the three of pointers and and, and they're uh, just not making they're not them. Making them. They're just not making them. Where they well, were during you know the what? season. The one thing I know about basketball is. When a player gets on a roll, they, it just the you know sometimes the bas- the basket can look like it's yep. six feet wide. Yep. The zone, baby. Some yep. nights, yep. 
It's six feet wide, and some nights it's the size of a golf yeah, but while play loose. It's going to be three years now, that the same thing. Something's going to happen. If they lose tonight, there's going to be big changes in the Raptors. Well, sure. you have to. I mean, if they don't win tonight, you have to have a serious look at the core of the team. And the core of the team are Kyle and DeMar. This is, this is, their, this is their go-to moment. <laughs> you know, we've seen it in sports a zillion times. The, the superstars bring it in. Yes, when it counts. When it counts. Yeah. And tonight it counts. It's going to be hopefully it's going to be a great game. Anyways, it's time to wrap up another another week on the uh, Nazimali Sports Hour. I got to thank you guys. I mean, I've I've had a, an absolute blast looking across the table here, looking at two guys, Sean Clement and Michael Cicero. I've never met two more passionate guys ever talking about goaltending, talking about golf. We got to do this again, guys. I think uh, I think there's a lot of good chemistry in this room this morning with Sounds the four good. of us. Anyways, I can't thank you enough for for dropping by. Um, go Raptors, go. Yes. Go Leicester Sir. City. We yes. didn't mention Leicester City, but I will. Yes. And uh, we'll Ooh. be back next Sunday morning. The bookies aren't liking that. I know. We'll be back <laughs> next Sunday morning on the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. To all our listeners, have a fantastic week. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.